Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to see everyone here today. Um, just a, I'm, I'm just ecstatic that you braved the ice rink outside to slide your way in here today. We're looking forward to a wonderful time of fellowship in the Lord's Word today. I hope one that will be a great encouragement to you. Joshua chapter 1, uh, or if you turn your in your Bibles there, again, Joshua chapter 1. Once again, we will read this entire chapter to get the full context. Last week, we began uh, the, the look at this passage uh, by focusing on verses 2 through 6, speaking about the strength and the courage that we need to face the enemies that are... <clears throat> are confronting us, enemies within our own hearts, of course, and enemies that are without uh, the church as well. So uh, we're going to move on and find uh, that this is, okay, ready for the Captain Obvious statement, this is not an easy task. And it's not because the enemies are great. God is greater than the enemies. The reason the task is so difficult is because of the temptations that come our way that attack our own hearts and rob us of the, the vim and vigor to do what God has called us to do. So, with those thoughts in mind, let's uh, stand, if you're able, for the reading of God's Holy Word. Joshua chapter 1, please. <clears throat> After the death of Moses, the servant of Yahweh, Yahweh said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for Yahweh your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions. For within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that Yahweh your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the word that Moses, the servant of Yahweh, commanded you, saying, Yahweh your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them 
until Yahweh gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that Yahweh your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of Yahweh, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may Yahweh your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. God adds his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Please be seated. So, as we launch into the new year here, a year that is full of, of hope and, and promise, but yet also a year that to our minds and hearts is filled with uncertainties and things that deeply concern us. And we, we can't see the end of the road, can we? There's so many uh, issues going on in our society, even here in our town, that we wonder how they're going to be resolved and what part we may play uh, in those issues. <clears throat> and when we think about those kinds of things and put them uh, in, in, the, in the same paragraph of thought um, with what God has promised us concerning our peace and safety. Remember we were singing about peace and safety here just a little, a little bit ago. When we think about the peace that God has promised to us, the safety of our souls, the the provision that he has promised to us, uh, the hope for eternal life that he has given to us, all of those kinds of things, it sometimes can be difficult to hold on to those promises of God and hold on to what, what uh, he has said our future will be when we look at the, the attacks and the oppression that are... The, the spiritual warfare that's going on in our own hearts as well as what's going on in the community around us. Israel certainly had trouble with that through their history. I, I kind of smile every time I read the Reubenites, Gadites, and the Hattribe Manasseh say to Joshua, just as we obeyed Moses, we'll obey you. <clears throat> okay. I'm not sure if I was Joshua, I would have taken great comfort in those words. Nonetheless, the intent was there, and the, I, it was an honorable intent, uh, certainly, and we'll talk more about that as uh, time goes on. But, you know, Israel struggled, did they not? That's why they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. They, they, they could not <clears throat> drum up the courage and the strength when it came time to go into Canaan the first time to say, yep, God's promises of his inheritance are so sure it doesn't matter who is in the land. He's promised he's going to give it to us. Forward we go, onward and upward. But they, they were fearful and they tucked tail and ran. And the Lord judged that generation. They did not believe and they fell in the wilderness. They needed strength and courage to do battle against God's enemies. But part of that battle process, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, is not just the actual fighting. It's not just the actual conflict and wrestling, with our, whether it's our own sins uh, in our own hearts 
or uh, when we're dealing with the uh, forces of wickedness in our society that would, would want to pull our society away uh, from obedience to their God, to rebellion, to selfishness, being self-absorbed, um, living for themselves, lifting up the idols in their own hearts of uh, their desires and possessions and power and all of those things. There's a great deal of temptation that is involved in this, this struggle that we're in. Now, the first few verses that we looked at, verses 2 through 6, focused on the enemies, but there's an interesting change there in verse 7. Notice the repetition in verse 7, again, of this command that's been already repeated a couple times and is going to continue to be repeated throughout this passage. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses gave you. That's a change from the earlier focus upon the enemies and the, the threats that are from without. This changes to the threats that are within. Because there are lots of temptations. Why would it be so important to be strong and courageous to be obedient to the law? I don't know if you've ever thought of that before. As you're reading through God's Word and you're reading different passages, we'll read a few of them today, where there's instructions that are given to you. Did you ever think, <clears throat> I need to be strong and courageous to do this? We might think, oh, I need to be determined, perhaps. Or uh, um, even the idea of the word that's used here is being careful. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But we don't generally think of it taking courage. And yet it does take courage. It does take strength. Uh, let me do a quick reminder for those who weren't here last time of what these words strong and courageous mean. The first one, strong, has the idea of physical strength. It has the idea of tenacity, whereas courage is, is uh, uh, having the idea of boldness to carry out what you know to do is right. There's that... that uh, um, there's an idea of holding um, that's going on there, of stoutness, um, an immovable kind of characteristic there that is involved in these two words. So when you think about temptation, what sort of temptation was, would Israel be faced with when they were about to go in and possess the land? Not just what sort of enemies would they face, that was pretty obvious. But what sort of temptations would they face? You see it carried out in the book of Joshua. Do you not? They, they had somebody steal stuff that was set aside unto the Lord. They had people rebel against the leadership. They had uh, people come to trust in their own strength. After all, look, we've got these mighty men of valor. We've got all of this these armies. We're going to go and think about a little town of Ai, or some pronounce it Ai. Um, little town. Oh, we got this. Just send a few guys out there. We're going to take these take these uh, local yokels out here, and they got trounced because their temptation was to trust in themselves rather than trust in the Lord. And that happened a few times. And there were other things that, along the lines of, 
Well, they listened to the people of the land rather than listening to the Lord. Uh, they made treaties they weren't supposed to make. They did all kinds of things because they were thinking, they, they succumbed to the temptation that they were able to do this with their own wisdom and their own abilities, their own prowess. And they failed again and again and again. When it comes time to our battles that, that we face in our life, whether it's our own our own sin issues that we're wrestling with before the Lord, those battles, or in the community. What kind of temptations come to mind? They're very similar, actually, to what Israel had. Temptation of pride. Um, the idea that, well, we're on the high ground, we're in the right, therefore, um, in a sense, we can do no wrong kind of approach. We don't seek after the Lord's counsel. We seek after our, our own wisdom and how, you know, we have our meetings and we get together and we have our committees and we do all those sorts of things and those are great things to do. But if we're trusting only in that and not wholly leaning upon the Lord, um, we are falling into the same kinds of temptation to, to pride and self-sufficiency that Israel experienced. So let's think about this Temptation. Why the emphasis upon um, standing uh, courageously according to all the law that Moses gave? I think it's really interesting that it says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. That speaks to the whole idea of temptation. There are going to be distractions. It can be, uh, sometimes a temptation can be not just to in, you know, engage in the battle improperly, sometimes the temptation can be to not engage at all because it's the easier path. Or we can be tempted to look after something that's a little more attractive to do because if we go do that thing, we'll get more acknowledgement and more accolades than if we go do this other thing that maybe is not so um, front and center in everybody's mind. And we can get off on rabbit trails of things that that divide our energy and divide our focus and take us away from what God would have us to do as we stand firm. So let's think about what uh, the Lord has to, to uh, say to us here. So again, verse 7, be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. The word careful, in the, the uh, King James uh, does use the word uh, observe to the phrase observe to do. Uh, it's a it's an interesting word. It's the idea of keeping or preserving something. If you're careful with some things, uh, we're uh, in the the middle of transition at our house as our son and daughter-in-law are moving out and they've got their things that they're packing up and so on. And it's interesting to watch the packing process because it mirrors so often the packing process that Karen and I, and I have had through the years and you all will probably relate to this as well. There are some things that you have <clears throat> that you look at and you chuck in a box, right? All right, that's going. But there are other things that you take and you wrap them carefully. You put them in another box. You wrap them in bubble wrap, whatever. You carefully place it there and then you're very ginger with that box as you take it to whatever vehicle you're using to convey it to your new place right we have those things that are precious to us 
And it's that kind of care of tending. Do you ever think about that with God's word, how you handle it? Do you have the idea that, well, it's just, it's just the Bible, so this, yeah, that's great. Or do you look at it as what it is, an incredible treasure that's to be attended to and carefully considered so that you make sure that no part of it gets broken in your heart and mind as you attend to what God has told you to do in it. That's kind of the idea of this being careful to do. Um, guarding, there's a, there's a watching, kind of it can be used of watchmen. It's that kind of watchfulness and, and attentiveness to what God has to say. So with that in mind, uh, the words of, uh, of uh, the Lord in Deuteronomy 28 and verse 14 came to mind. <clears throat> you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or the left to go after other gods to serve them. It's interesting, I, you know, this as the Lord gives these commands to Joshua, these are not new commands, they're not new principles, they're not anything that Israel hadn't really already heard before in even more detail. Essentially, there are reminders, this not turning to the right or the left, of what God has already said. But I, I love the additional detail that's given in Deuteronomy. Because what it tells us is that sloppy obedience always leads to idolatry. Always. When you get sloppy in your obedience to God's word, what you're doing in that sloppy obedience is substituting what you think is right for what God has said is right. Bottom line. And isn't that exactly the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden? What got us into this mess in the first place? Of substituting our wisdom and our ideas for his. And, and equating our ideas with his. That's why this command was so important to Israel early on and to have, it, have them... Uh, be reminded of it, to not turn from the right to the left. It's not even just about the distractions that I meant before or, or, or whatever. It really has to do with letting yourself decide God's agenda for you. And when you do that, you have immediately just set yourself up as the God of your life. And that's idolatry. Sloppy obedience always leads to idolatry. And so God warns his people here, don't turn from the right to the left. Don't turn. Stay fixed upon what God has called you to do. And as we say there, uh, we read there in Deuteronomy 28, that warning against going after other gods to serve them. So it takes strength and courage to do that though. Because there can be many voices that say, hey, look at this path. Wouldn't this be a great way to go? Why don't we add this to the worship of the church? Why don't we add this to the doctrines that are taught there? Why don't we leave that out? Because that's kind of oppressive and that's kind of uncomfortable for people. Let's not really talk about, oh, I don't know, sin or repentance or those kinds of things, which are often left out of even evangelical preaching today because it doesn't fill pews. 
you know, um, to stand courageously against that and say, um, this is what God's word says, so therefore this is what we're going to say. When everyone else out there is telling you you're wrong and that you're just too uptight about this stuff and why can't we all just get along and yada, yada, yada. It takes some nerve to stand up. Um, and the Lord has to give you that strength and courage. Because the pressure is great. It can be in your family. It can be in your church. It can be in society at large. Um, a society that mostly doesn't, doesn't particularly mind or care if uh, churches exist as long as they're quiet and mind their own business and stay within the four walls and don't say anything to, into, the, into society. Because if you do that, then you get to meddling and, uh, and you get told it's none of your business. And yet there's no difference in God's sight between the secular and the sacred. He's the king of all of it. And we're his people. His word doesn't just speak to only... I mean, this should be obvious. His word doesn't just speak to only believers. It speaks to all of God's creation. And we're simply there to declare it. And uh, can't really help it if the world doesn't want to hear what their creator has to say. That doesn't mean we be obnoxious jerks about it either. But it does mean we have some boldness, that strength and courage to do what God has called us to do. It, that strength and courage will help you be careful in the way that you obey God's word. Secondly, um, also in these two verses, seven and eight, uh, about, I'm going to zero in on this idea of not turning to the right or the left. <clears throat> um, I have never done any plowing. Some of you have done plowing, but I've done a lot of tilling in my life of gardens and such. And particularly when I was younger, we had a... <laughs> the ground that we had for our garden was made out of decomposed granite. Anybody ever tried to dig a garden and decompose granite? Oh, it's lovely stuff. Uh, every year, uh, we'd go out and uh, try to till this stuff after the rain and the snow had sat on it, you know, and it's all settled in and it's like that hard. And if you looked at my rows um, of, of the tiller, I had this, we had this big, big heavy tiller. And at that time, I was as tall as I am now and I weighed, oh, a <clears throat> hundred pounds or so less. So, you can just see me putting all my weight flying around on this thing, skittering across the decomposed granite, and my rows look like this. It took me forever to do it. <laughs> Twice the time if I could have just gone straight. Though actually, if I'd have weighed what I weigh now, I don't know that I'd have made much better progress through that stuff. It was pretty hard. But sometimes our path can look uh, like my rows in the garden, waving back and forth here and there. Oh, find one obstacle and instead of working through it and digging it out, no, I'll just go around it. Um, but, uh, you know, okay, I'll try to get back, but I'm never quite back on the same line. It, it, our lives can just be very 
incon- uh, uh, inconsistent. But call, God calls us here to constant obedience. Not in and out. It's, you know, it's great. Well, most of the time I'm you know, pretty good. Most of the time I follow God's word. Most of the time I try to be obedient. That's not what God is calling his people to do here in the book of Joshua. And he's not calling us to do that kind of obedience either. We are not to turn to the right or the left. We're to walk in obedience to him. And it takes strength and courage to do that. Because there are so many temptations for us to take the easy road. To find the easier dirt to dig in. But when God calls us to dig in the hard dirt, we need to dig in the hard dirt. And do so with constancy and not with, uh, with uh, cowardice, really. Now, some of you are, uh, have, your, have your own business, your employers. And you all, if you've been doing that for any length of time at all, uh, you know the challenge, particularly these days it seems, of hiring employees that actually will do the job. That actually will stay with it. That actually uh, don't turn tail and quit because they got a hangnail the first day out. Or because somebody looked at them cross-eyed. Or because the the job was tougher than they thought. Or the demands were greater than they thought. A couple of you are here in emergency services. A lot of people think, oh yeah, that would be great to be a firefighter. I'm going to go do this. Then they get into it and find out what it's all about. And they were really cool with wearing the badge and the uniform. And getting to ride around the shiny truck and blow the horn. But when it came to the the blood, sweat, and tears that are involved in the job, it was more than they bargained for. And many don't last. What does Jesus say to us in the Gospel of Luke? No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. God calls us to be constant in our obedience. Take a look at the book of James, if you will. James uh, chapter 1. I'm going to read a couple of verses here. Beginning at verse 2, James chapter 1. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Then over in First uh, Peter, and chapter 5, <clears throat> uh, beginning at... Uh, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. That kind of calls to mind some of those thoughts there about being strong and courageous. Uh, Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, Firm in your faith. And that's that same idea of steadfast, being steadfast in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And then these verses that often read as part of our benediction, uh, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. James 
as well as Peter, calls us to steadfastness. Jesus calls us to steadfastness. And it takes, again, courage. Because the things that the Lord calls us to do in the midst of a fallen world are often difficulty and ugly to deal with from the world's perspective. This is, uh, the Christian life is not about, um, you know, tiptoeing around with lily white hands and silken gloves and everything's going to be fine and we'll have our little tea and all of that um, and all will be wonderful and sweetness and light. We're in a battle. God has has promised an inheritance for us of peace and safety, but in the midst of conflict in this life, ultimately to be realized when our Savior comes again for us. But in the meantime, there's things to do and things that are a challenge. So God calls us to be constant and it takes, it takes strength and courage to bring it about. Finally, under this point uh, to, of needing strength and courage to obey in the face of temptation, uh, verse 9 of there uh, back in Joshua chapter 1 <clears throat> Uh, reads this way. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. There it is again. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for Yahweh your God is with you wherever you go. Notice again the emphasis. We talked about this last week, but the emphasis upon God's presence with us. I'm so thankful that he doesn't just say, here's the marching orders. Here you go. Um, Give me a report when you get back. No, the Lord says, I'm with you. And his presence is an is a, is a incredible source of strength and courage. And we need that strength and courage not simply to be careful and consistent, constant in our obedience, but we need that strength and courage that springs out of that connection with our Lord, his presence with us, in order to be confident in our obedience. <clears throat> There's lots of things that happen in this world that could cause us to doubt whether we're on the right path. Is obeying the Lord is devoting our, 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 our family life to Him, our finances to Him, our energies to Him, our thoughts to Him. Is this, is this really what I need to be doing? Is this... Is it, am I just spinning my wheels and wasting my time? Am I really deluded in my faith? Is this just some empty hope that I have, as the world says that it is? Or is there something real and genuine here? Those thoughts and temptations, I think, probably come to most believers at one time or another. There's lots of temptations out there to make us want to doubt what God has said and doubt whether we're actually giving our lives over and spending our energies on something that's not just worthwhile in this life, but for eternity. And yet, verse 9 says, no, God is with you wherever you go. Hang in there. Don't be frightened. I've commanded this. We'll talk more about uh, command, as it turns out, next week. But we need to be confident in our obedience. And we can be if we have the strength and courage that the Lord gives us as he is present with us. 
But obedience is necessary. Yes, fighting the battles against the enemies, the, those are a little bit more, generally speaking, uh, at least uh, if it's in society, external things, those can be a little bit more visible. The ones that are going on in our own hearts, uh, obviously not, not so much. But to face the temptations that God ha- uh, allows to come into our, our lives um, really requires that we depend upon Him. And it's through those times of testing and affliction that we do learn to depend upon Him and learn how faithful He is and learn how steadfast He is so that we can in turn be steadfast in the task that He has called us to pursue. I'm thankful that our God is present. And I would ask you, who or what are you confident in? God, through Joshua here, is telling his people, be confident in me. Be confident because I am with you. Be confident in my, the, the evidences of my past um, incidents of coming to your aid and giving you victory. Be confident in my word. Be confident in the law that I've given to you because it's been, it's been proven and shown to be uh, dependable and trustworthy and will not lead you astray so that we can fight off the doubts and be confident in our obedience before the Lord. No matter what the rest of the world would say about us. Truly, to be able to stand and say, choose you this day whom you will serve. Um, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That takes God's uh, enabling presence to give us that strength and courage to stand for him when no one else is. So strength and courage. As we look at this, this year to come, and all the challenges that it holds for us. Yes, there are enemies out there. Yes, there are battles to fight. And yes, there are many temptations to derail us from God's purposes for us as individuals, as families, as a church, as citizens in our community. Let's take these words, be strong and very courageous to heart. And lean upon our Lord as he has promised to be present with us. Let's depend upon that as if our lives depend upon it. Which in fact they do. And then let us be bold to serve him well. And bring him glory with strength and courage. Let's pray. Thank you Lord God. That you are always with us, that you do not leave us without comfort, you do not leave us without direction, you do not leave us without hope, you do not leave us without yourself. So Lord, encourage our hearts, give us strength, tenacity, and boldness to do those things that you call us to do, to give you glory in the midst of it, and to stand firm against any temptation and doubts that would would lead us astray from your holy word. In Christ's precious name we pray.